All right, next on the Call to Action podcast, we have Jeff Uju. He's a Bowling Green State University alum and was a member of the men's basketball program. Jeff, how you doing, man? Uh, doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Sure, of course, of course. We, we, we appreciate you jumping on with us. We're going to get right into it and kind of tell a little bit of your background story We before we bring it up to like the present time, but... Um, first things first, when you started kind of your career and, and playing basketball, you, you went to, uh, read that you went to powerhouse Oak Hill Academy, uh, with, you know, the likes of Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony and and such, um, you know, what was that experience like? And ultimately, you know, how did, how did playing there kind of start you and, and Hey, I want to, I want to take this to the next level and, and play some college ball as well. Yeah, um, it was it was a great experience. Um, something that I I really I take to heart. Um, my parents had uh got me up there and um through somebody they knew at work and I was able to get up there, kind of work my way up uh, to play onto a national team, which I ended up doing my uh, senior year. Uh, got to play with guys uh, who are in the NBA right now: Caleb Martin, Cody Martin, uh, some teammates they're playing overseas like BJ Smith. Uh, it was great. I'm getting to play against these guys like every day. This Division One talent, it gets like it sets the bar for how you have to, you know, how you have to play, how you have to work, and just getting to travel, getting to be coached by these guys. It, it was a great honor. Um, something that, I mean, I still talk to these guys still today, and uh, it was great. Oh, that's awesome. And then uh, you played a, a two years of JUCO ball, correct? Yes. And then, so after that, what kind of made you make that transition from JUCO to, to Bowling Green? And what kind of, why did you choose Bowling Green ultimately? Uh, for me, uh, Bowling Green was, they were, they recruited me uh, very hard. Um, and just when I got on campus to feel, uh, it was one of the uh, only visits that actually made me feel like a family. Like I, I actually felt great energy going there. And the location as well. It was only it's only four hour drive from home, so my parents were able to come up. I was able to drive home if I wanted to. It was, so it, was, it wasn't too far, it wasn't too close. So that was really another big factor as well. And, and what was your kind of favorite part about playing for the coaching staff there, and, and Coach Huger, and and all the other guys that that were there when when you were playing? You said, well, what was my favorite part? Yeah, just, just about kind of – you talk about the family atmosphere there and everything. How did that extend kind of onto the onto the court with those guys? Yeah, it was great. They uh, they wanted the best for you. And, I mean, it was really it was really a brotherhood, a family. Uh, the players there, we still talk to this day. Um, they just they just wanted the best for you. They made, they made sure you worked hard every single day. They pushed you to be the best that you can be. And as well with, like, life situations as well. They were able to give us life lessons. Uh, stuff that I still carry on till today that I use now. Uh, the best part would be, yeah, I think that'd probably be the best part. <laughs> just being able, just just being able to have that support system always. I still talk to those guys still today, so sure. it, it was really, really a great uh, choice. Yeah, no, we we heard you uh, earned the nickname Glue Jew. Is is that true? <laughs> Can you, yeah, can, yeah, that's true. <laughs> can, can, can you tell us a little bit uh, about how that you know nickname came about and and you know how that how that happened? Yeah, um, so uh, my last year, my grad year, uh, just wanted to play, get on the floor as much as I could. So 
I decided to take things take things in my own hands and just do all the little things, be able to be that glue guy that, you know, you need on the floor. You can't have him out there. He's doing all the little things, doing everything correctly, uh, helping the young guys get better and just uh, be in that role. So they nicknamed me the glue Jew, kind of the glue guy. So just for, you know, bringing the, bringing the young guys together, bringing the old guys together, being able to, to communicate with everyone and uh, keep us all on the same page and it ended up working uh, pretty well yeah so. no every team every team needs one right yeah yeah for sure and, and you talk about trying to get out there and do all the little things and just to backtrack a little you know i <laughs> obviously unfortunate but you you transfer to bg and your second time out on the floor you get injured for the year um and you know i, I so it goes back to that that next year, grad year, of you're willing to do anything, right? Because you want to be on the core, you want to lead. But although you were injured uh, for that year, how did you take that maybe as a positive and maybe probably um, I, I talked to some of the assistant coaches and turned that into a positive in the way uh, you became a leader for the team? Yeah, so at first it was it was really hard. It was my first time ever like sitting out and just having to observe the game and uh, it took me a while to finally be like, all right, let's, uh, you know, let's use this and, you know, take up as much as I can, learn from, learn from watching. You know, you can, you can observe more. You can see what people are doing wrong, what the coach wants when you're just, you have the chance to sit there. And so I kind of just took that in. Um, it was, and it was also, it was a blessing in disguise. Uh, I got that extra year and we have, we ended up being really good that, uh, that last year I got to play. And I also was able to get my master's as well in uh, business administration. So it was a lot of positives that came out of it. Looking back on it, um, I just take it as, just take it as it was a blessing in disguise. Um, so yeah, I'm just grateful that it happened, even though it was, you know, it was um, you don't you nobody wants to get hurt, but right. yeah, just looking back on it, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and I heard you gave great commentary during the games on the sideline. Is there truth to that? <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just how I am. I'm a, I'm a very uh, talkative person once you get to know me. Was, uh, was it more you calling like play by play, or were you more coaching? Were Were you giving comments? Like, <laughs> what what was the commentary like? Uh, the commentary it was just me just telling the guys where to be, okay. uh, telling them yeah on defense, letting them know oh you got to be you got to be here, you got to call the screen out, just you know trying to be an extra ear for him i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you that's great well you mentioned you know earning your mba um from bg in your final season has how, how important is you know not only getting that but just school in general how important has that been for you and and towards uh the career you ultimately want to build yeah, uh, education has always been something that my parents have just instilled in uh, all five of their children um, it's just a big thing for them from where they came from. They just want to make sure that their kids have a better upbringing in life than, than they had. Um, so it's something I take to heart. Um, getting my MBA helped me get to where I am now at a Marquette University School of Dentistry. Um, it's just it's, education just opens up so much for you. And being able to use sports, I mean, I use basketball to, to get to this point. Uh, basketball I was able to pay for everything. I didn't have to worry about that. So might as well, you know, get the best the best education, get the best that I can out of it, and uh, yeah, try to try to get to my goals, which is to become a dentist. That's awesome. And and just how how did you decide 
that dentistry is what you wanted to go into? Because I think you, your bachelor's was in biology, right? Yeah. So, so what, what ultimately has it always been dentistry that you've wanted to be in? Or was that kind of like once you were in college, like this is, this is what I want to go for. Uh, it was kind of between uh, dentistry and pre-med, uh, just being able to go shadow some doctors, talk to some dentists, talk to some doctors, and just see and contrast the uh, the ways of life, how they live. If I want to be on call all day or do I want to be able to, you know, have my own schedule and the, fr- the freedom of that. So, And as well as uh, – being able to help people and give them the confidence that they're lacking with uh, their smile. It's just something that, you know, I, I get a, uh, it brightens up my day and uh, I can't wait to, for these four years to be over with and uh, actually, you know, I'm an official dentist. So. Yeah. What's, what's kind of the, the, the track that you're on right now? Is it just finish up the four years at Marquette and then you're, you have to take an exam or, or are you um, in schooling for more school after that? What's, what's kind of the track that you're on? Yeah, so uh, it's a four-year program. Uh, you take your board exam in your third year to get certified, and then if you want to specialize after the fourth four years, you can. You can become an orthodontist or um, endodontist or something like that. Uh, for me, that's still up in the air uh, if I want to keep going. But let's see how these four first four years go, and we'll we'll see after that. <laughs> I remember, I remember my uh, freshman year of college. My my roommate wanted to go into dentistry, and he couldn't pass uh, bio one hundred and one, so he he had to drop he, he had he, he had to drop uh, drop his major first semester of uh, my freshman year. So. That's that's tough. Yeah, it was that's tough, man. I mean, he wasn't the spar- uh, <laughs> sharpest tool in the shed to say the least. But yeah, the, yeah. Eric, when's the last time you went to the dentist? <laughs> I'm gonna put it uh, probably spot. a while. Um, it's, uh, too too long, too long. I'm, to guess, be I'm guessing it hasn't been this year. Now I have an Tough. in for whenever I need to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I wanted to pop, put you on the spot there because yeah. I had a feeling you hadn't gone. Oh, but that's nice of you. You still got a great smile. Thank you. But Thank yeah. You. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a, l- a little more background. You said you know you're from Illinois, um, but your parents both from Nigeria, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, uh, and so. I, I heard that um, maybe one time during a, a trip that, that all the guys came over and your mom is an excellent cook. I, I did some digging on you for <laughs> sure. I got, but, uh, but, but yeah, I, how you guys know? How you guys know that? Yeah, man? yeah. We, we're, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what, what's the go-to? What's the go-to meal, or what? What's something that um, you know from from your roots, from your parents' roots? What What does mom make? Something probably that Eric and I have never had. What What should we have? Or what would your mom make? Uh, it's uh, the Nigerian traditional food, which is a uh, jollof rice. Um, okay. It's it's a rice you can either have it mild or spicy. I prefer it spicy, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just a traditional dish that you have to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just you just have to have. Other countries say theirs is better. Other African countries say theirs is better, but we know ours is better. So <laughs> so it's just <laughs> right. It's just rice, but spicy i mean yeah but it's yeah it's seasoned and uh cooked in like all types of spices and stuff that they that she makes and that sounds good she Jer- does it with yeah. it yeah yeah jeremy you wouldn't be a spicy guy i don't yeah. think no i don't think you would i don't think you could handle it <laughs> i do no, i do there's man. no way there's no chance i do actually yeah nah and, and anyway um 
Jeff, we want to. I kind of want to touch on your um, your nonprofit um, because we haven't talked about it yet. Um, called the Hands of Comfort Foundation. Um, can you tell Thank us you. a little a little bit about how that got started and and your vision for it in the future and and what ultimately you want to see from it? Yeah. Um. So when Corona had first started and the lockdown had first started, uh, people back home there wasn't too much help from the government in terms of you know, providing for them, making sure that they were okay. And, uh, you know, just uh, me and my family just wanted to make sure that at least the people that we know back home are taken care of so they have food to um, to last them at least for a certain point through the, um, through the lockdown. And it just came to me that I might as well just start, you know, not-for-profit and see who else I can join, who else has a a heart for uh, giving back. And, and so we still, so I decided to start that. And right now uh, I came up with four specific uh, projects or things that we're doing now for focuses. We have an athletic focus where we're right now trying to raise money to build a, build a couple outdoor courts out there as well as, uh, get people to donate old shoes, old shorts, old uh, shirts, try to give back to the kids back there so they can have some stuff. Uh, we have a food relief where we're right now we're trying to raise money to feed a school for a year. We have an education uh, focus as well where right now we are um, we're just raising about $5,000 for a thing called the Hands of Comfort Scholarship Fund. We'll give away uh, $500 to about 10 gifted students to uh, try to help them in their uh, education ways. And uh, lastly is um, healthcare. Um, trying to set up a fund because uh, in Nigeria, it's not like here in the United States where you go to the hospital and they'll treat you. You have insurance and you don't have to worry about paying over there. If you get sick, you have to, if you don't have the money, they won't treat you. So just being able to have something for somebody just in case they do get sick with, uh, with something that they really do need and being able to help them uh, improve their quality of life. That's awesome. That's uh we use the term here with a lot of different things and we, we obviously everyone knows Maction, but we have used taking Maction in, in terms of people doing stuff in their community and whether it's nonprofits and everything. And, um, that's, that's some amazing stuff. And, uh, uh, it's really refreshing to hear, you know, a former student athlete within our conference doing something like that. So, you know, best of luck. I hope it's sounds like it's already kind of off to yeah. a, a really good start and, uh, you know, we, we definitely commend you and everyone helping you out to, to get that off the ground. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Of course, of course. What, what's what's just the most um, – I mean, how, how many times have you been over to Nigeria? Um, I've probably been about five or six times. Okay. Uh, we tried to go every other year. Uh, now that I don't have to worry about playing basketball during Christmas time, probably mm -hmm. try to go every – Every year, but with uh, with COVID going on, probably won't go this year. Yeah, so probably next year. So, what's just been outside of just creating your nonprofit? What's just been the most rewarding or or thing that has just really made 
you smile when you think about what you're trying to do? What what would be at the top of that list outside of just creating the whole thing? <laughs> uh, really was seeing people who donated. I was surprised at the amount of money that I raised the first day. Um, you know, people that I didn't even know that were donating and they were just believing in the cause. It really just made me smile to see that, you know, people were supporting, supportive and, you know, really had the same mindset. So, yeah, that, you, was, that was really big for me. Do you have a Do you have like a website or or a, a quick plug you want to give uh, for this? Oh yes, yes. The website is called thehandsofcomfortfoundation.org. Perfect. Cool. For, and we can we can donate right on the website. Yes, you can. You Fantastic. Can, so there's there's a way to. Uh, you can choose which specific focus you want to pick. Uh, which specific focus you want to choose, whichever one touches your heart the most. If you want education or athletics or food relief or healthcare, you can choose on that and you can donate on that. Or if you don't feel like donating money, you can. There's an address there where you can send uh, school supplies such as backpacks, laptops, computers, or old shoes and stuff like that as well. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely. Uh, when we put this out there, we'll definitely make sure that people people know about it on the in the Twitter sphere as as well. So uh, no, we we definitely wanted to give you some time to to talk about your your foundation. Uh, the the so kind much. of before we get into some quick questions, I heard also like I said, I did some digging. I heard that all you need is a chip and a chair. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to oh <laughs> perhaps when it comes to uh playing poker blackjack what, how, how's your game you that good that's uh, all you need that's that's all you need uh <laughs> you know never count never count yourself out that's what that's really yeah. what that means you know just never count yourself out you can come back from anything and it's just a life lesson as well as uh, as well as my poker game as well. What, what what's what's the best thing about your game? Is it your poker face? Is it your bluffs? What, I mean, what what sets you over the top? I'm I'm just I'm I'm very unpredictable. I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have a do you have one over the other? Are you more a poker or a blackjack? Uh, I'll probably I'll probably pick blackjack over poker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll probably pick blackjack over poker. Yeah. I'd I'd be the same way. Yeah. Poker just uh, it's too just much. Too takes takes too long. Yeah. Takes well, too, too long. Man. Too many rules for me. I don't know the difference <laughs> exactly. between what beats a straight flush or a royal flush. Whatever. I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we, this has been great. We have we have three final questions. We always like to end our interviews with kind of three lighthearted questions. So I, I'll start here. Um, being a BG alumni myself, um, I want to know. What place do you miss the most? Um, I'll just say off camp, just in Bowling Green, but not a not on campus. I'm not looking for an on campus place. But what what place do you miss the most in Bowling Green? Um, hmm. I'll probably say I'll probably miss Wings Over BG the most. That was my mm-hmm. favorite restaurant, BG. I okay. probably have that. Yeah, I had that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, wasn't man. that wasn't around when I was there, but yeah, yeah I, I have seen it in the mm-hmm. various trips back to campus. So, yeah, there's not a lot that's there that when you were still there. I, <laughs> hey, watch it, watch it. <laughs> uh, I, I would assume that favorite place on campus. Uh, well, what what is favorite place on campus? 
On campus, for sure, it was a stro. Yeah, that's what Too I figured. Too many memories made there. <laughs> yep. Too it's, many memories. And that's what I figured you'd say, so that's why I tried to keep it off campus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our, our, uh, our second question is uh, with you going into dental school or, or going through dental school right now. Can you give us one of your dental hygiene pet peeves? Um, I would say... I mean... People not brushing their teeth, probably. <laughs> hey, that, I mean, that would be up there for me, too, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, probably a pretty big one. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a big one. But, you know, just trying to get people educated on on dental health, for sure. Yep. So, um, The last one, since you've been away, and, well, kind of we've been away from uh, a lot of people we know during this difficult time, but um, looking back... And if you could hit the road with two former teammates, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but two former teammates that you could go on a, a long road trip this weekend with and, and just spend some time and just, uh, you know, letting loose, who who would those guys be and why? Um, I would probably say DiMaggio Wiggins for sure. Uh, that was like we became brothers in the two year, three years that I was there. And uh, also Dylan Fry as well. Uh, we also became really, really close. Uh, he's like a brother to me as well. Um, yeah, we just could talk about anything, anything in life. It just the conversations just come so easily, so pure. Uh, it was just great connections between us two. Great. Well, but Jack, I have to add Antoine in there as well. Okay. okay. Wait, hey, nice. nice. I'm sure there's four seats. Yeah, in the I was going to say you only limited him to two other people. <laughs> that makes it more difficult. <laughs> that makes it a little more difficult, you know. Well, hey, Jeff, this was great. Um, really cool to hear kind of, you know, your story. And um, we we wish you the best, not only with the foundation, but with dental school. And Eric will be checking you out when he needs yeah, a visit. Yeah, I'll call you in. I have my next cavity. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we will definitely uh, make sure people know uh, once again about Hands of Comfort and, and all that you guys are trying to do. And, uh, you know, keep us keep us in the loop throughout throughout these next couple months and we'll provide updates whenever necessary, but we, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you guys. All right. Thank you again. Awesome, yeah. man. Thank Take you. care.